catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. It's another edition of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast here on the Hoop Ball Network. My name is Greg Moraz. It is an absolute pleasure to have you along for the ride. A happy Friday to you. I had said that we were going to get another episode out. We had a little bit of a delay in that. Life is kind of interesting right now, as I'm sure most of the people that are listening to this show can understand. And I got to take care of a couple of personal things. But one of the great things about this being a Chicago Bulls podcast is that there's really nobody making news in the NBA more than the Chicago Bulls. Now, when we published our last episode on Monday, and we recorded that Sunday night, we had somewhat of an anticipation as to what Arturis Karnaschovas was going to do in regards to his front office. A lot of people and a lot of skeptical Bulls fans thought that John Paxson and Gar Foreman would still have power. Now, it kind of was coming out from Joe Cali of the Sun-Times that John Paxson would be on, but his power would be limited. But based on the way that the Reinsdorfs have operated in the past, there were a lot of people that were skeptical to believe that. But a lot of people felt that longtime general manager and longtime Bulls executive Gar Foreman was going to also stay in the organization. Well, that didn't happen. It came out midday on Monday that not only was John Paxson getting reassigned to a senior advisor role and effectively having no power over basketball operations, the Bulls outright showed Gar Foreman the door. And that decision was not made by the Reinsdorfs. That decision was made by Arturis Karnaschovas. Foreman released a statement after his firing saying, quote, It has been an honor and a privilege to work for the Chicago Bulls for more than two decades. There is no better ownership group in professional sports than the Reinsdorfs, and I want to thank Jerry and Michael for their support during my tenure. The Bulls organization will always hold a special place in my heart. Now, this is an interesting quote coming from Arturis Karnaschovas, and this is basically what it came down to in regards to whether or not Gar Foreman was going to stay in the organization or not. This quote, by the way, is direct 
from Arturis Karnaschovas, and we're taking this from Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago. Quote, regarding Gar, I think after some consideration and conversation, it was apparent we had different philosophies that would prevent us from moving forward. I'm sure Gar gave his best to the Bulls organization, but those decisions are never easy. I was hired to effect change in the current situation, so that was the decision behind that. The quote continues, This process is going to be extensive and diverse. I was telling Michael Reinsdorf that I have an advantage over him in terms of hiring the right person because personally I know most of the guys in this industry. Over the years, my role in scouting in the front office, I got to know them, and the list is very extensive. The talent pool is great, and I will explore all the options. I believe I will hire the best person for the job. So, this is, to me, Arturis Karnaschovas basically coming in and making his mark on the organization. He understood that the future of the Bulls organization was better if Gar Foreman was not a part of it. There's a lot of people that can just go surface level and say, well, Gar Foreman wasn't good, Gar Foreman made bad decisions, Gar Foreman wasn't good for the future of the organization. But what is the root of the Gar Foreman problem? When I was watching the Bulls from afar, when they had the height of the Derrick Rose era and the bench mob and the productive team under Tom Thibodeau that got all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2011 and lost to the Miami Heat. What was the issue with Gar Foreman then? There wasn't any. The problem was is that Gar Foreman developed a reputation over time as being very secretive, as being distrustful, as being somebody that would pit players against coaches, that would pit players against other players, and that would basically go behind people's backs in order to gain the information that he wanted. Now, a lot of this information comes from very reliable Bulls journalist sources, mainly Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago and Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun-Times. Now, there is a difference between the two. I like Casey Johnson because I think he is a much better objective reporter. Casey Johnson used to be the Bulls beat writer for the Chicago Tribune and is somebody that I think is the most reputable source when it comes to Bulls news. Joe Cowley, meanwhile, is somebody with an agenda. He's somebody with a personal vendetta. He's somebody that gets into shouting matches with everybody and isn't afraid to say something that's going to piss somebody off. And you know what? Even though he's a good journalist, I don't think much of Joe Cowley as a person. You know, this is a guy that's made basically moonlighting behind a newspaper's Twitter account because he deleted his own for misogynistic comments that he made toward a reporter back in 2011. I mean, sheesh. Joe Cowley is definitely somebody that has an agenda, but make no mistake about it, Joe Cowley has very good sources. Joe Cowley gets very good information, and Joe Cowley is not afraid to say what is on his mind. And I was listening to a radio interview on Sports Radio 670, The Score, the other day, and he did not mince words when it came to Gar Foreman. Now, I'm not going to play the audio because I think it's a cop-out for me to play an entire interview on a podcast that's only going to last a half hour. I think that's a total cop-out. And maybe this podcast doesn't even last a half hour. But it seems like Gar Foreman could have saved face and found a way to stay in the organization. It's pretty clear from that quote from Arturis Karnaschovas that Foreman was not going to stay on as GM. Foreman was not going to be a part of the Karnaschovas master plan. And that makes sense. You want to bring in your own people. But Foreman could have stayed in the organization. Foreman was a very good scout. But... It just seemed like Gar Foreman had run too much of a reputation around the Bulls organization, and for that matter, around the NBA, for him to be able to actually stay on. And Karnaschovas figured he had to cut bait 
in order to start his administration fresh. He couldn't have somebody lurking on that had as bad of a reputation as Gar Foreman had developed, really not over the course of his tenure, but mainly over the course of the last two to three years. I think it started with him, whether it's known to the public or not, pitting Jimmy Butler against Derrick Rose, and then trading away Jimmy Butler, and prior the firing of Tom Thibodeau, and then the firing of Fred Hoiberg, although a lot of that may have come under the purview of John Paxson as well. But in any event, Gar became less and less of a public face. And I think one of the biggest issues that bothered the Bulls organization is that when they honored Luol Deng at a ceremony earlier this year, Foreman was aloof to pretty much every player that came back to honor Luol that he had either signed or drafted. And I think that bothered a lot of players. And I think for an organization like the Bulls, which is very loyal to its past, that bothered a lot of people. And I felt like Karnaschovas comes in and says, well, this is not what I need. And I can keep him on as a scout, but he's got to give me the right answers. And it's pretty clear his first day on the job, he talks to Gar, gives him the wrong answers. Off you go. Now, Scottie Pippen, who was also an ambassador for the organization, said that he was fired earlier this year as a special advisor to the COO. Now, it seems like that move was made before Karnaschovas came in, but Pippen just revealed that on Wednesday. And I don't think that that's necessarily correlated to Gar Foreman, but maybe you could tell that Upper Bulls management, like Michael Reinsdorf, the chairman, said, okay, I have to start making a couple of changes here and there, and that's the slow, seething change that we've now come to see as Arturis Karnaschovas as the executive VP of basketball operations. It seems like John Paxson is literally just going to be a sounding board if Karnaschovas wants it. But I think you can already tell, just based on the way that Karnaschovas has acted and the way that he has presented himself, at least in front of the Chicago media, that he's authoritative and he's going to be able to handle this no problem. Now, there comes the issue at this point about whether or not Jim Boylan is going to end up staying on as head coach. And there are reports that have come out, and again, Joe Cowley is behind most of these reports, that there are still some people that are in Boylan's corner. Now, it was funny. As soon as Karnaschovas was announced as the head coach, Jim Boylan, through Bulls PR, released a press release, which, according to a lot of the members of the Chicago media, was one of the weirdest things that they had ever seen. And I'm going to read it for you now. Quote, I want to welcome Arturis to the Chicago Bulls. He has a wealth of experience as a player and executive and a strong reputation within the basketball community. I commend Jerry and Michael for bringing Arturis on board. I am thankful for the support that John and Gar provided me and my staff when I became our head coach. Their commitment and belief in our team played a key role in helping me establish a foundation for how I wanted to coach our team. I cannot overstate how much I appreciate that. I wish them and their families nothing but the best. Now, John Paxson has not completely gone away. Gar Foreman obviously has. But Jim Boylan basically is putting out there that he's welcoming Karnaschovas, who you would hope is the sole decision maker behind Boylan's future. If there's somebody else at play in deciding whether or not Jim Boylan stays on as head coach, then you have a serious problem here. If there are still, as reports say, heavy hitters in his corner, then you've got a huge problem. This press release is either one of two things. 
Number one, Boylan campaigning to keep his job by appeasing Karnaschovas. Or two, him knowing that Karnaschovas has no power over his job security, and that might be tied to Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf. Now, if Jerry Reinsdorf overrules Arturis Karnaschovas on coaching decisions, then what are we doing here? Why did you even hire somebody new? If the perception was that Jim Boylan was a lackey of John Paxson, if Paxson's aside, everybody assumes that Boylan's going to get kicked to the side because there's nobody who would come in and take this job and want to keep Jim Boylan as their head coach. It's clear the guy is not fit to be an NBA head coach. But if the override is not from Paxson, and it's indeed from Jerry Reinsdorf, then you've got a serious problem about the power dynamic of the guy that you just hired to affect change. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Get out of the way, Reinsdorfs. Don't meddle in this stuff. You hire somebody to run basketball operations and expand the department so that he can turn you into a winner again. If the reason that you don't want to fire Jim Boylan is you don't want to pay the buyout on his contract while still paying part of the contract for Fred Hoiberg, which I think finally ran out after this year, don't be cheap. You spent a lot of money, and granted it's not disclosed what Arturis Karnaschovas is making, but you spent a lot of money to get this guy. So let him do his thing. You know, sometimes you have to understand what other people think of you. I'll use an example from my own life. I'm a weird, kind of a quirky guy. I know that I come off as kind of loud and boisterous at times. And I understand that when I'm around people and they don't like that. Like, I get the vibes from them. Like, I'm very good at reading the room. I can understand, like, who I can have a conversation with and who I can't. Who I'm going to be able to actually connect with and who wants nothing to do with me because the personalities don't vibe. Well, think about that as an executive, and think about that social person as Jim Boylan. What do other people think of Jim Boylan? Doesn't matter what you think of Jim Boylan, what do other people think of Jim Boylan? Are free agents going to want to play for him? Are guys that are drafted by your organization going to be 10-year franchise pieces because they feel like they can get coached better under Jim Boylan? You can't lie to yourself about this. If you lie to yourself about this, then your organization is going to be no better than it was before you hired Arturis Karnaschovas. And all of this effort to change the organization will be for naught. Sometimes you have to burn it down to the ground in order to build a better structure. And that's what you have to do here. You have got to burn most of it down to the studs. Now, that doesn't include the players. It can't just work like that. You can't just perform a complete teardown of an NBA roster, especially a roster like the Bulls that has a lot of guys still on rookie contracts. Now, one name that has been rumored as a potential head coaching candidate is Toronto Raptors assistant coach Adrian Griffin. Griffin is lauded by many as a future NBA head coach, and many think that that job is going to come sooner than later. But why Adrian Griffin? There are two things. The first, which is a much more minor thing, is that Adrian Griffin once played for the Bulls. And that doesn't really matter a whole lot, but at least there's a connection to Chicago. Number two, guess who were teammates on the 1993-94 Seton Hall University men's basketball team? Adrian Griffin and Arturis Karnaschovas. 
They were college teammates over 20 years ago. And what that's going to mean is this. Griffin is probably the first guy that Karnaschovas calls if he's going to hire a new head coach. So the battle that is going to be contested is who has the power to hire a new head coach. And that is such a stupid argument to put out there because there shouldn't be an argument. It should not even be a consideration. You hire an executive VP of basketball operations to make executive VP of basketball operations decisions. If ownership is overriding your top basketball operations executive, then you have a serious problem in terms of how your organization is run. Now, a couple of other matters that I want to get into before we say goodbye on this episode of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. The first issue that I want to get into is the horse tournament. I honestly think that this was a creative idea at first. This was an idea that was made for TV, that was trying to give people some entertainment. And you know what? The Chicago Bulls' Zach Levine almost won it. They had the finals last night. Mike Connolly ended up beating Zach Levine in the finals of horse. But, I mean, it wasn't really fair. Mike Connolly is the only person in this tournament that had an indoor gym. Everybody else was playing outdoors. Although I will say this, in the first round of the tournament, it was pretty darn satisfying watching Zach Levine completely wipe out Paul Pierce. That brought a little joy into my heart. He completely wiped out Paul Pierce. Now, he couldn't beat Mike Connolly, but if the Bulls are going to have one minor victory on the court this year, it might as well be Zach Levine making it to the finals of the horse tournament and wiping out Paul Pierce in the first round. Now, the final order of business that I would like to get to here on the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast, The Last Dance is going to be premiering Sunday night. They're going to do the first two episodes of the series, 8 p.m. Central Time, so make sure that you're locked into ESPN for that, and that is documenting the final season of the Michael Jordan-era champion Bulls because that team was completely split up after the year. Jerry Krause wasn't going to re-sign Phil Jackson, and Michael Jordan wasn't going to play for the Bulls if Phil Jackson wasn't coaching the Bulls, and everybody was a free agent, and it was going to cost too much money to keep everybody around with everybody getting as old as they were. I am really excited because it seems like the notion of the last dance came from Phil Jackson at the beginning of the season, effectively telling his team that this is going to be the last dance. This is going to be the last opportunity that we have to win a championship. You're trying to go for six in eight years, and this is the opportunity you have to do it, and it just so happens that you get to the finals again and you beat the opponent you beat the previous year, the Utah Jazz, in back-to-back seasons. Now, we obviously know the result of those games, but the process and the -the behind-the-scenes access that you are going to get with this documentary is going to give us a really good look into what it was like to be a part of that rock star lifestyle with those Chicago Bulls teams. And I am absolutely overjoyed that we're going to see that. It doesn't take a 27-year-old telling you how much he appreciates a team that he can't even remember because he was too young. I feel like this documentary is going to make it so like we were all there. And I think that's what we want. I think that's what Bulls fans want. Bulls fans want to understand the aura of Michael Jordan and the aura of Phil Jackson and how this team 
was as good as they were. And there was a remarkable stat that the Bulls in the 1996-97 season were never an underdog in Vegas. They were never not the favorite on the betting line. So they were favored until Game 3 of the NBA Finals that year in Utah. They had 100-plus-something consecutive games of being the betting line favorite. Unreal. And I'll try and confirm that stat with you on the next edition of the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. But what we want to do is every week for the next five weeks, I want to give my review of The Last Dance. I think that that's going to be a lot more productive of a conversation than trying to come up with a top 10 list or profiling a player or what have you. And the Bulls are going to continue to make news because they're going to continue to hire executives to these various positions. It's a great time to be a Bulls fan. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is a great time to be a Chicago Bulls fan. Simply put, the Bulls are making news when a lot of teams are holding pat. There aren't going to be a whole lot of teams, I feel like, that make coaching changes. There aren't really going to be a whole lot of teams that make executive changes either. So, you've got the Bulls who are using this absence in basketball to completely start over. Axing Gar Foreman and reassigning John Paxson, hiring Arturis Karnaschovas, was just the start. Now do they make the right decision and get rid of Jim Boylan? That is a question that hopefully will be answered sooner rather than later. This has been another edition of the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. Make sure you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. We appreciate everyone that does so. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And as always, Go Bulls! This has been a Hoopball presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.